Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is a mother, Ima. Now, before you say anything, Ima, I just want to let the audience know uh, she's a little under the weather, so she has a, a sore throat and she's going to be coughing. So hopefully everything should be fine. Um, but uh, <laughs> there it is. Okay. Hey, Ima, how's it going? Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So we have some interesting topics for the day. Um, and we were talking earlier about getting older um, and wondering about. I'm not getting older. You're getting older. I'm not getting older. I'm of, still young and spry. You're getting older. Of course. Of course. You're just a young spry chicken. Um, but what are the rewarding things about getting older? There has to be some advantages to it. Um, there's a lot, thank God. But, you know, the, one of the tricks of life, one of the, one of the, how can I say it, the ironies of life would be to have the body of a 20-year-old and the mind of a 70-year-old. Because as you get older, you do get wiser, you do get smarter. And especially in the area of social interaction, you really learn when to speak, when not to speak, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And even, even with that, even working on it, there are sometimes things that people will say and do, particularly mostly say, and they'll look back and say, you know, that wasn't the thing to say at the time, or I could have expressed that better. And um, I find as I'm getting older, I'm learning that my mother, once told me when she was in her 70s that she has spent the majority of life working on one thing, knowing when to talk and knowing when to be quiet. And this is really important, learning to listen to others, learning, like I said, to basically know when to talk, when not to talk and how to say the appropriate thing at the appropriate time. So that would be more of like a very important lesson uh, that's been learned in life. Well, that, well that's, that's a skill. <clears throat> and it's a skill <clears throat> that most of us, quite honestly, work on the majority of our lives. You just have to think about it. Well, if you, if you think, well, if, if that's something that's like, it's a skill that's learned, would there be any influences from that skill? Would anybody be able to, I guess, helped you personally along this journey to develop the skills of learning when to be quiet, I guess, or anything mm. else? That is, that is interesting. The only thing I can say is that um, a lot of times in my life, I've looked for examples of people I see behaving in ways that I'd like to emulate. Like I was at somebody's Shabbos table once <clears throat> and the way his, his wife was a quiet type of individual and she was a good listener. And I was noticing at the Shabbos table, she was very, very quiet and basically for the most part, she was quiet and just listening to people. And I really liked the just a very graceful, gracious way she was sitting there so quietly listening to others. And then there was a woman in show. I noticed once that this woman, um, she was new to the community and she would come into show 
and not say a word the entire davening. She would sit and was davening the whole time without talking to anybody. And that was another good example. So that I would say that you would say those were, were the influences that you had in your lifetime that like would really that really inspired you out of everything else. Um, I would say so. I think um, I think when I was younger, I I was well. I when I was younger, I was a real chatterbox, but it was because I had a lot of I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of I had a lot of things that were going on in my life that were very sad, and I think that was my reaction to it was that I was. Oh, I had to keep the noise going. I had to keep the conversation constantly going. I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand it if there was any amount of silence. And as I got older, I learned basically to calm down and realize, hey, the conversation doesn't always have to be go be constantly going. That. Yeah. You know, you can sit, you can sit nicely and quietly and calmly, just enjoying the ambience. Ambiance. Ambiance. Yeah. I don't know. That's. <laughs> I, I, do, I just had to use that good ten dollar word. Yeah, that, that ten dollar <laughs> word got some ambience for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not for those, for those of you from Dundalk. Ambiance means. <laughs> oh, that's a nice. That's a keep it local little little joke right there. <laughs> Oh, um, that's isn't funny. I'm not aside. Aside funny. I'm yeah, what happened? No, this is totally unrelated, but it's funny talking about Dundalk. Um, when I was in Israel, you know, they have in Yerushalayim in the old city, they have these water stations, especially during the summertime because you know people get very very thirsty, and they have three like three little water fountains all over the place with little you know paper cups or whatever. So there was this one big fountain in the middle of the sidewalk with these big cups. So I grab one of the cups, thinking it's a, one of those free water stations. I'm about to pull the lever on the faucet. And this man from behind a pizza counter, as obviously American, calls out, that's not water, it's beer. Oh no. And I said to him, you have this thing in the middle of the sidewalk, totally unattended? He says, yes. So I said to him, Let's see you do this in Dundalk. And he must have been from Baltimore because he cracked into total hysterics of laughter when I said that. That's pretty funny. In case any other listeners uh, aren't from Maryland, you can Google Dundalk. It's a D-U-N-D-A-L-K. It is a location where, um, where I guess, you know, lower income people, you know, have a tendency to, to live. And it's more of a, a joke or a pun in, in, in Baltimore. You're from Dundalk. They have a very, <laughs> they have a very strong Baltimore accent, um, very strong accent. Um, but yeah, back to, back to the conversation, talking about yes. life advice that you pass along. So you basically tell everyone that the best life advice is to sit down and shut up. <laughs> yes. Listen to others. Um, there was once there was a program on television once called Petticoat Junction. Oh yeah. Yeah, and one of the episodes was one of the girls, very pretty girl, was really striking out in the social department. And her mother, instead of putting her down or criticizing her 
for getting on her case. Her mother handled it so well. Her mother said, I'm going to, let me help you um, with your social, basically with your social skills, especially in the boy department. Let me help you with your social skills. And one of the things that she did was they had a um, hotel. They ran like a small hotel in this television series. So she helped this girl to develop listening habits. She found that with this girl, that one of her main problems was lack of listening habits, that she didn't sit and listen to the people that she was interacting with. So the mother was behind the desk, of course, and the, and the daughter was in the lobby. And the mother would, was watching her. The girl was practicing talking to one of the patrons. And this young man was talking and talking and she was listening. And the mother was timing her, was actually grading her and timing her on how long she could listen to this man and acknowledge and remember like what he said and like participate in the conversation with him by acknowledging what he was talking about. And she would actually grade her and at the end of the day, she actually had a whole chart of how, you know, how to walk, how to talk, clothes to wear. And she actually did like an entire evaluation on paper with her, went over it with her. Interesting. So I, I, I'm just thinking because like the, what, dealing with all this life advice of I should have done this, should have done that, learning my lessons, like going back in time <coughs> and being like any age, you know, like you, you said earlier, being what, 20 year old body with a 70 year old brain. Yes. If you could go the back to any, if you could go back to any age though, but you still get to keep your brain, what age would it be? If I could have the wisdom of a seventy-year-old, yes. but keep the body of a young person. There's all sorts of ages. Um, I think I would have liked to have gone back as a. I think I would have liked to have gone back as a um, teenager. And I think um, I, I think I would have done better as far as social skills are concerned if, um, you know, like I said, if I had been more quiet and listened more to others and not try to push my point of view over so much. There's also, I found, um, as you get older, there's also the realization that, you know what, you don't have to be right all the time. It's okay not to be right. And, you know, you don't, um, like, if, even if you know the right information, um, yeah. there's a time and place for that. Like, there's certain, unless it's a matter of life and death, you know, <laughs> like, if, you, if, if the building is burning and everyone's trying to get out, and you know exactly where one of the exits is not locked, then, of course, you don't want to, you don't want to, um, you want to give that information quickly. But as far as, like, you know, information about stupid little things or whatever. It was like, I was one of these people, I was very exacting. I always had to be right. And I always had to correct others. And that's kind of obnoxious. And I think I would have, I wish I could have done that over again and not, and not been that way. And uh, college too, I think I would have liked, my whole life I think I would have liked to have been more of a quieter individual. Interesting.
It was something I had. It was something I had to learn as the years went on. But I think that one of the problems. I think one of the problems though with people who always have to be right and always have to put their point across is that I think these people are from a back. They probably were raised in a background where, so where basically they were probably being put down so much all the time, and if they didn't give just the right answer. The consequences were going to be, you know, almost deadly. So they were basically raised in a situation where you better be right, and if you're and if you're not right, you're going to pay for it. And I think that's it. That these poor, the, you know, I think that was it. I think, uh, I think in many respects, my home environment wasn't the wasn't the best. And I think that was the reason. That's why I think it's important for parents to create a, a very calm home environment. And your kids don't have to be right all the time. Your kids don't have to be perfect all the time. Which as a matter of fact, this would be a good topic for another time. I was thinking about like education in general and like homework, home assignments, you know, school. I think we put too much pressure on our kids. I think there's too much anxiety there. And I think they will learn just as well in a calm atmosphere. Yes, we want our kids to achieve, but I think like in my day, oh, in my day, achievement, getting the grade, oh boy, you know, getting into the college, getting the right grades was, oh my God, that was like, um, that was like worse than the last judgment. And I don't think that kind of pressure is necessary Okay. But uh, now I'll, I'll hit you with another question then. Um, what about a, a day in your life that was like the best day of your life that you were able to relive? Same oh, way it happened, gosh. but you'd be able to relive it. Oh gosh, the best day of my life, you live it. Oh gosh. Trying to think. There were a few. Oh, yeah? A few really nice days. Um, Care to elaborate? Um, my, uh, I wish, I would like to relive my wedding hmm. to your father. That was, that went so fast. And I wish I could live that over again and slow it down so I could enjoy it more. Wow. Also, um, my bas mitzvah ceremony. That was nice. I um, I sang, I sang a solo, and then when we went home, I, um, my father played the piano and I sang, and I basically entertained our guests for like I don't know how many hours. I entertained everybody, and I had such a great time just singing for everyone. What were the songs that you sang? Oh gosh, I sang some, let me see. I'm trying to think, what did I sing? Um, my father played the piano. We, we sang some songs from the musical Student Prince, I believe. We sang a lot of Yiddish songs, sang Havana Nagila, a lot of Jewish songs. Hmm. So now I'm gonna bring it back a little more. What would you say you're the most proud of from everything 
that you could they could feel like as an accomplishment you really you know can feel satisfied with you children yeah did you not yep oh that's so sweet I look at you guys, my, my sterling achievement. Wow. I found, I found giving birth to each and every one of you exciting. Seeing, you know, like at the anticipation of, is this a girl, is it a boy? What is he or she gonna look like? And raising you, watching, watching each of you develop into the type of people you, people you are today. You know, watching um, as you went, Basically, your everything, your your physical development, your social development, seeing you change from day to day, and um, I just you know, about yeah, it was. I had a great time raising you guys. This one woman, it was so funny, said to me that um, she couldn't that she said she couldn't get over my attitude. She says, "You actually enjoyed giving birth and raising all those kids." I said, "Yes, I did," and. She couldn't believe it. <laughs> I think some. I think there are so many women that I don't know what their problem is that walk around with this attitude of, uh, "I'm pregnant, yuck." You know, they they just like I don't know what their problem is. It's like it's like they hate kids or something. And I don't. I I don't think I never had. I never felt like that. I never felt like that. I was I was always happy that I was healthy. And that I could have one kid after the other, and brook a shaman, you know, um, and be able to raise and nurture you. I was, I was very, I was so grateful, and so happy. I was able to do that. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I could. I, I don't really understand. I don't, I don't have any children right now, so I guess when I have kids, maybe I might feel, feel that way. I just always feel like, you know, with so many, there's so much busy schedule. I feel like I don't know if I'll ever have time for them. You know, it only takes 15 minutes a piece. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I guess, I guess (laughs) you'd be surprised. I'm from before I had kids, I used to do a lot of babysitting and with babysitting. Yeah, I enjoyed babysitting. I enjoyed, you know, taking care of these kids. But at the end of the day, I was happy when the parents came home and I could give the kid back to them and walk out and get my money, you know, get my money and walk out. And I used to think to myself, if this is how I feel, how am I ever going to feel about having children? But somehow when you have your own kids, it's like, oh, wow. It's like, you do have time. You, you make time. Interesting. Okay. All right. You convinced me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I would say what kind of things make you the happiest now then? Getting rid of this cold would make me very happy. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. By the way, your sister, the nurse, told me that the Irish method of getting rid of a cold doesn't work. It doesn't work? Yeah, it's not the best way. You know how the, the Irish method of getting rid of a cold is? No, what is it? You uh, take a shot of whiskey, get under the cover, get under like five covers and schwitz it out. I mean, schwitzing, I thought that would be a good idea, no? That's what I thought, but she says, no, it's a misconception. Oh, terrible. <laughs> Oh, the worst. Oh, well. So you um, say now, what would make me happy? It's a really good question. <laughs> no, what does? What does make you happy? It's make me happy. I'm playing piano. 
playing piano makes me happy. It's like, you know, when you, when pe- anyone plays an instrument out there or paints or yeah. maybe has a building hobby, you know what it's like when you practice something and you keep working at it and working at it and you're finally able to do it and yes. get success. That yes. is wow. Yeah. You feel so, so happy after that. <sighs> I, I feel that way now with, 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 with my career. It's that I'm just, I've been, I'm working at it constantly. It's just, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to be at that moment where you're actually going to be good until I'm up until I'm 50 years old. That's the average. So about your 50, you really, you really start seeing things clearly. And me, it's like, I'm just working and working at it and working at it. And then like, I'm not going to stop. I'm just saying that like, but there's moments, there's, there's sli- slight little moments where things finally click and I'm actually going through the process, figuring things out and getting stuff done. And it's just, it's the most amazing feeling I, I can never like imagine. Like you just feel so accomplished and so fulfilled because you're just seeing everything get put together. That's why it's like, that's why I, I still just work at this, at this craft I, 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 in architecture because, you know, it's just the payout is so worth it. But right now, it's just a real struggle. Mm-hmm. But it's it's worth it is worth it. You're right. And the thing is, like people in general, I've heard you know we've heard a lot of people say how our society is a um, instant gratification society, and that's kind of sad because um, if you do slow down and work at something, and keep working at something until you finally achieve, it does take time. But when you, when you get, when you, when you get to that achievement, when you get to that point where you're starting to see how your skills are really starting to get in shape now after so much practice, it is so worth it. Yeah. And I think some people, and I think some people, unfortunately, don't let themselves get to that point. I think there are too many people who, if there's no instant gratification, will quit. Well, that's why for me, it's like I, I don't want to quit, but I, I, I'm definitely. I'm definitely doing that grind kind of thing. And I, I was on the verge of quitting a few times, but like you just, you get to that point where you're just grinding away and then you get a little bit of a treat. It's a small little treat where you get to finally like get that little taste of like, oh, this is what it is. Oh, this is fun. Oh, this is awesome. But it's just, it's a struggle the whole way through in the beginning. Um, all right, so that's our time. Um, Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Okay, honey, have a great Shabbos. All right, I love you. Have a good Shabbos. Love you too, honey. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please like and share and find us on Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother Podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you.